Welcome into another rolling fat here, guys. Semifinals for the chip as well as the balls are up. No major moves to discuss as the trade deadline weirdly ends in the next few days. Um, hopefully, we as a collective can muster the fortitude to vote down any weird trades going into the championship and balls trophy weekend. Um, so highlighted games of week 15. First one was Rams versus Commanders. Last week, I spoke on the over-under 49.5 being fairly close to how I saw it with the potential for an early blowout. Both things happened as the total landed on 48 with the Rams getting out to a 20-0 lead. Stafford's hot streak continued as he ended the affair with 23-plus points, slightly edging his original 21 projected, um, but not blowing the roof off the pace as I did see happening originally. Just like most teams that are bad versus quarterback position, the commanders are also terrible versus receivers. As is typical, the QB lit it up, the receivers lit up as well. Um, as previously noted, Puka and Cooper have been spearheading the passing attack and both contributing, but Cup was the main beneficiary this week to the tune of eight catches for 111 yards and a tutty. The last piece we focused on last week in the breakdown was Kyron Williams, who also had a great day as they tried to shorten the game after getting their early lead. He ended up with 27 carries, which in today's game is unheard of, and even more impressively, averaging over 5.5 per carry. As we touched on, the click commander's place in the middle of the pack versus the run was heavily swayed to their defensive strength to start the season and not reflective of their current roster makeup. If my teeth start chattering during the middle of this podcast, just understand that about two hours ago, I jumped in the pond and my body is still not back to regular temperature. For the commanders, the hits just keep coming. Sam Howell got pulled before he could even get to 11 fantasy points. Definitely dropped his average down and a matchup versus the Jets this week. It doesn't look like it's going to be any higher going into the end of the season. Especially after Jacob Brisket, that's why I call him Jacob Brisket, we're boys, came into the game to revive the offense. You have to imagine the leash just got a lot shorter for 17-point Wolf Boy to end the year. McLaurin finally got his chance to shine as Brissett looked to, looked to him multiple times during two touchdown drives he led in the fourth quarter. The number two receiver rotation for the Commanders stayed unpredictable as Dotson was invisible, and Samuel had a minor blow-up with five for 41 and two tutties, one from Hal and one from Brissett. Um, I definitely was off my prediction of Antonio Gibson having some sort of resurgence last week. Um, he must really be in Rivera's doghouse as they gave the bulk of the carries to Chris Rodriguez, whose 10 total carries were by far his most on the year. Brian Robinson is spending another week on the sideline this week, so the opportunity should be there again for Gibson, but this coaching staff isn't worth their weight in dog shit, so who knows how they handle their situation there. But Gibson is definitely worth running back to flex consideration going into week 16. That breakdown was brought to you by Arlo's Country Store slash bar slash mini golf slash restaurant slash gas station slash hotel, solely supported by the business of Krushak Mountain. Located on the scenic border of Herrick Township and Ararat Township lies a place you can satisfy any itch you may have as you make your way through the Northeast Pennsylvania. With an always dwindling supply of Arlo's merch and an always overstocking amount of dental hygiene products, get your fill of booze, music, and entertainment while you wait for your car to be topped off with gas. If fun isn't your cup of tea, Evan... Feel free to stop into the store to get some skull, beef jerky, or generic iced tea while you watch the locals get drunk and drive their quads and side-by-sides to the next closest establishment, about 14.3 miles away. They look forward to your upcoming business, 
next draft weekend. And now, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. All right, so the highlighted games last week for our league, um, Jay versus Nikki Coe. Nikki Coe blew this one as he had a shot with a multitude of different start-sit options, but ultimately left his fate in the hands of the previously mentioned Sam Howe. I mean, who, and I say who, could have seen that coming? Jay only won by six in what was an extremely underwhelming week for him as well. More than half of his team scored under projections, except the big week for Gibbs um, that he got off to a hot start on Saturday night with, and that was enough to see him through to the semifinals. Whoa, looking back on my notes, Nikki Coe is kicking himself for keeping Jacoby Myers and Minshew Maney on the bench, as they both outscored their starting counterparts by a projected 6-8 to eight points. That leads me into what we'll be talking about upcoming. Jay will be facing off next week, this week now, against Dave. The other wildcard matchup was between John and Tits. Um, and what opened up as a 13-point projected win for John expanded to 25 points expected margin for John after the Chargers-Raiders debacle and then stretched all the way to 67-point face-fucking by the end of Monday night. Tits needed huge weeks from his team, but sadly only got competent weeks from Mike Evans and Jake Browning. Everyone else sucked dick. The T. Higgins and Matt Stafford start-sit mistakes for John ended up not mattering as everyone on his team outside of Honey Bijan scored close to or significantly over their expected scores. John is now slated to match up versus me in the semis. That takes us to this week. Big week as we come down the home stretch. Second to last pod with the possibility of some off-season breakdowns. We'll see how that goes. Um, see what time brings us. The hope is that going into next year's draft and season, we will have a studio-like setup with the ability to bring people into the fold a little bit more. So to preview this week's games, Dave vs. Jay. These two have played only one other time this year in what was one of Dave's three losses in the regular season and ended Dave's six-game winning streak that he had to start the season. These teams currently are significantly different, though. Both squads have made trades, ad drops, and starts at decisions that have greatly altered their approach to this week's games, and they will be focused on. This matchup opened up with Dave having a six-point expected edge after Stefan Diggs ended with five points compared to an expected 13, which is a eight, negative eight-point swing for Dave, and Puka Nakua going off for 28 when he originally had an expected 11 for a positive swing on 17 on Jay's side. That puts a new projected total of 126 to 105 in favor of the nondescript Hispanic fellow. Both sides of this matchup have explosive players, probably why they're both playing this week. The biggest NFL game to impact this matchup is surely the Cowboys versus Dolphins in what is expected to be the second biggest game of note in the entire NFL this weekend. Dave has Mostert, currently projected at just under 15, but the way they got destroyed by James Dalvin Cook, not Dalvin James Cook, they may not be giving him enough credit. The Cowboys give up a lot to the running backs, and especially recently. The only thing that may cap, may cap his opportunities is the fact that A-Chain is getting a lot more involved and could break a long run at any time. Jay, on the other side, has Jake Ferguson, Tyreek Hill, and Jason Sanders totaling 38.2 of his now expected total of 126.7, which amounts to cover about 30% of his overall total. The other game with a lot of expected impact is the number one NFL game of the week, occurring on Monday Night Football as the 49ers take on the Ravens in a rematch of the Lights Out Brother Battle Super Bowl. Jay is rolling with the Niners defense as Dave currently has Purdy and Kittle with 32.6 of his 105 
for an equally impactful 30 plus percent of his expected total. This is when the rubber meets the road as Immigrations and Customs Enforcement's person of interest number one will match up against the number one contributor to immigrants under the table payroll. I will tell you this. I would not want to switch roles with Consuela this weekend as Dave will be steadily tilting, dealing with the stress of a fantasy matchup, two kids, a wife, and the holidays. Yikes. The other semifinal matchup is between myself and Johnny Boy. Oddly enough, this is another Week 7 rematch. At the time, I was sitting at 3-3 three and three and John was at 1-5. Not exactly a highly touted match at the time. Dak and CD were on by, causing me to start the now-benched and rebenched and rebenched Desmond Ritter. John took that week 121 to 110, but just like the previous matchup we just spoke about, both of these teams are very different going into our playoff matchup. Both teams were originally expected to score in the low 120s, but due to some very underwhelming performances by Taysom Hill for myself, Evan McPherson, and Kamara for John, the projected outcome now is 115 to 108 in favor of me. No surprise here as this matchup will also have major emphasis on the two biggest NFL games of the week. Miami vs. Dallas, and San Fran vs. Baltimore. I have Dak, CD, and McCaffrey, while John has Devo and Dolphins D. For me, these guys account for over half of my expected total, while John is slated for just over 20% of his. The other impactful game here is the Bucks vs. Jags, as John has another quarter of his total points between Rashad White and Godwin accounted for in that one. Tough thing for John was he seemed to make some great start-sit moves, but once again, maybe hurting. Missing out on another explosive week for Higgins as he surpassed 20 points for the third time this year and for the second straight week sitting on unused on John's bench. I myself am hoping that Warren's weak output on my bench can be greatly surpassed by Amari Cooper. That was like a last second decision I was making there. While also hoping that Amari's output can smother anything Najoku may have cooking as John made surprisingly one of the moves of the year trading for a tight end heading into the offs. It occurred with a lot of pushback originally, but has since bared a beautiful fruit basket like a youthful set of dick and balls tucked between a young man's booty hole. On the reverse end of, on the, reverse end of the league, E is currently facing off first Tom as the loser heads to the ball showdown. As of now, it looks like E might have been playing the long game as Pacheco is finally back and teed up to get him past Tom. Tom had Mixon and Eckler underperform already this week and is looking down the barrel of a late season loss with an expected outcome of 120 to 110 heading into the final two days of football in week 16. The other matchup with an outcome dictating who plays in the ball showdown is Mike versus Kyle. Kyle is currently projected to win by 26 and a half. If there's any God in any form, they as a collective would make sure Mike gets his rightful spot in a week 17 matchup for the balls trophy himself. Good luck, fellas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Love you. Keep rolling.